Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And good morning. We are live on Facebook and YouTube on Atlanta Falcons fans on all Falcons. It's Scott Kennedy Sports and uh, YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy. This is the Falcons podcast. We go live every Monday morning at 9.05-ish and Wednesday morning at 9.05. And uh, we talk for about 30 minutes on Monday as we go for about an hour on Wednesday. So please come join us live if you're listening to this after the fact. We'd love to have you join the conversation like Jacqueline has with her super sticker coming in nice and early. Uh, Just as a quick reminder, this is the uh, easiest way to support the show. Direct support for the show is coming in with these super stickers and super chats. Jacqueline says good morning. To all of y'all with lots of love, thank you, Jacqueline, so much. And I'm Scott Kennedy. This is my co-host. This is Nick Kendall over here. He's in Seattle, so he's up bright and early to be with us this morning. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well overall, just uh, completely inundated with smoke out here in Washington. I think our air quality was like 200, but uh, you know, it's uh, hopefully going to start pushing through over the next 24 hours, so... We'll see. It's that time of year. Just uh, we really need some rain and thinking of every talking about rain, thinking about everybody in Southern California. I mean, earthquake, tornado warning, flash floods, a tropical storm. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable uh, it's out like there a, right now. It's like Superman, uh, a Superman plot mm-hmm. when, you know, Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor is about to drop California into the into the into the Pacific. Yep. Nuts. It's uh, hopefully anybody listen out there. Uh, doing safe and you know, a lot crazy. It's an absolutely crazy uh, weather week just across the, the country, across the world too. So hopefully everyone's staying safe. Absolutely. And Jacqueline, thank you again. I want to say good morning to some folks that have come in. Michael Ranquillo is in nice and early. Says good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. John Harold Jr.'s good morning, Scott and Nick in nice and early too. Big Ant is in. He says good morning, Scott and Nick, as well as everyone in the chat. That's all y'all. So welcome in. He says, my assessment of this team is that our defensive starters and backups will be tough as nails. Our team finally has an identity. And, and Big Ant, they've, they've spent the last two plus years trying to establish that identity. You know, the realists slash cynics in us were like, hey, this is a rebuild. They are up against it with the salary cap. They would not let that be an excuse at Flowery Branch for two years. Man. They could have a, hey, listen, we're up against it. We're doing what we can not once. And part of that was building that identity that there will be no more excuses. It came from Terry Fontenot to Arthur Smith, especially you heard it from Dean Peace. Like this stuff's got to change, uh, you know, the, the attitude around here and the culture and this identity is we're going to be tough. That's the identity of this Atlanta Falcons team. You, if you play us, you might win, you might beat us, but you're going to know you were in a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the offense too. I mean, we only saw Desmond Ritter out there for the first drive, I believe. Uh, maybe it was, right. yep. and it was unfortunate to see uh, the red zone turnover on a questionable uh, decision. I, I don't think that the defensive player got there that early, if at all. Uh, that's kind of I one. Think the that... ball was tipped though, so it was. Oh, it okay. wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was okay. It was a legit call. The, the questionable decisions for me were, and I saw this watching several games, were the holding calls. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris wide receiver got called on two holds on. Yeah. I'm like. One, it's a home game, and that's Chris Lindstrom. He gets a little bit extra, but two, that's not a hold anyway. Yeah, 
I mean, the, the Broncos 49ers game too, they probably had about 10 holding calls that were oh, against yeah. wide receivers. So maybe it's just a point of em- emphasis this week uh, from teams across the league, but uh, typically they let that go a little bit uh, as the season progresses. So we'll see. Uh, but overall, uh, my big takeaway watching this Falcons game is that B. Robinson is legit, legit. I mean, all caps legit. I mean, some of those runs that just, he looks moving a different speed uh, than other guys, his acceleration and his ability to like squeeze through the tight little spaces and keep his balance is unbelievable. And that Drake London play, I probably watched about 15 times because I was trying to understand how it happened. <laughs> well, you, you know, my bias for receivers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there, I like the big receivers. That's why now they don't always have body control like Drake London, yeah. but they're always open. You know, Oh, I've got single coverage. Let me just throw it. You know, uh, let me give my guy a chance to go and do that. And you're going to get single coverage when you've got Bijan Bijan Robinson coming up the middle. And if, if Bijan Robinson was 190 pounds scat back, he'd be in the NFL mm-hmm. because he's got the vision, the hands, the quickness, the change in direction. The fact that he's 220, 225 with legs like this and can run through arm tackles on top of it is just what makes him so special. I mean, he's, he's, he's a third down back. Who's not just a third down back. He's got all of those, those qualities of uh, elusiveness to go with mm-hmm. the power. He's, he's the total package. He really is. Yeah. Best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley and probably put Saquon just barely above. Cause I think he's a little bit more explosive of an athlete, but it's, I mean, we're, it's negligible. Uh, so be uh, Bijan, excuse me. I got to get that right. Uh, looked incredible in that first game. I think he played uh, with 12, 15 snaps, something like that. But well, overall, if you, played, very... if you played the first quarter, I mean, the first series, you played about 25 snaps. Yeah. So you know, yep. we talked about Desmond Ritter only played the, the first series. Well, hell, that was about 13 minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, between I think they went 110 yards in that in that went 110 yards of offense and didn't score. So it was uh, it was a little sloppy, but there was a lot to see there. I think they he completed I think. I think Ritter completed seven passes and hit five different receivers. Yeah. Uh, including Mac Collins, who also looked good. It's just, there's, yes. there's a lot of weapons out there. Yeah. I was really, uh, I like Mac Collins hair um, sticking out there. <laughs> that number 18. It's a good look for him. I remember him coming out of North Carolina. Yeah. I think he had the buzz cut. So appreciate the flow coming out there. We're in number 18 and he looks really good as well. Uh, so uh, excited to see what they can do. I think the weaponry the Falcons have looks pretty darn good. The offensive line looks good. And Desmond Ritter looked confident uh to me now just the eyeball test for me watching him yeah i think he made pretty good decisions overall you love the athleticism i think arthur smith did a good job of working the play action game getting him moving with half field reads you know kind of high low uh with the side of the field that he's running to his arm is just it doesn't really pop uh for me watching that there's a little bit of balls where it's like maybe against better uh secondary starters or whatever it's that you'd be able to close the space a little bit and there's going to be some contested uh contested balls not as much of an issue on rollouts, right? Because the space is less uh, if you're throwing it to the boundary there. Uh, but overall, efficient, looked competent, which is really what we're looking for right. from Ritter this season. That's that's really all you need. want to keep saying, you know, again, considering it's his first action of the preseason, his fifth start in his career, hmm. he looked good. Desmond Ritter looked just fine. Uh, good morning, Terry. Wanted to say hello to you. He says, what a do, gang. Philip Hogginson checking in. Brandon Swank, he said B. John Robinson was a monster. You just see it. It's just, it's not a matter of if, but when, you know, he breaks through those first two lines, you know, the, the hole, the hole opens up from the line of scrimmage. The, the offensive line gets him through the first level. One cut makes him get past the second level and then he's gone. 
just 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 gone because by the time he's fast enough but i've said before breaking a tackle is worth more than two tenths of a second on a 40 because by the time the guys converging on a player are able to change directions and chase down a player that has broken a tackle you've got 40 50 yards um you know a tenth of a second and a 40 is a step that's not much and when you've got a six step lead you're gonna go a long long way um chris walker says good morning everyone good morning to you chris and joe cannon say great morning scott and nick i want to be the first to say that jalen mayfield did a pretty good job a decent job on friday night mm-hmm. He did a decent job. He still looks like a guard to me. I would still be looking for um, an offensive tackle in the offseason. Um, but he's best when a guy is head up on him and he can engage and use his power. Um, as far as his quickness goes and his agility, I think he looks much more agile, Nick, laterally. It's just he's just not – he doesn't strike me as a tackle in this league. He strikes me as he could become – a decent guard in this league, an NFL guard that could hang around the league for a long time. He's a mauler, uh, not so much a dancing bear. I just that's a little bit smoother, but it's just not super smooth in those uh, pass sets, uh, trying to get depth uh, around the outside. So pretty good uh, from him overall. I think you know he can play tackle on a pinch, which is still highly valuable if he's you know your fourth fourth string tackle right now. He'll be your backup, but will be interesting to follow the season. I mean, competent player, and you're happy to have depth that can come in and run block uh, like he can considering what the Falcons want to do was also really impressed with uh, Tyler Bergeron uh, in this game. He looks pretty darn good. There was, I think a screen pass uh, where he uh, combo blocked and pulled out and looked really darn good getting into space. Uh, I think he's an excellent uh, fit for this team Uh, has been, you know, called that a long time ago. Uh, So excited to see what he can do at left guard as well. The offensive line looks pretty darn good. uh, Even though you did lose a quality interior player. It, it was, I think it was his very first run on Bijan where he starts off off tackle right and then just one step plants his right foot and cuts straight up left. Bergeron's crashing down on that play and pushes all the pushes his guy all the way past this where the center would line up and, and clears that lane that cutback lane. And it's like, you know, there's your two rookies right there. You know, mm-hmm. you know, McGarry and Lindstrom are going to handle their side. Yeah. Um, Drew Dahlman in the, in the center has been doing okay, but here comes here comes uh, Bergeron clearing out that cutback lane, and 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 Bijan's gone. It's it's like the, the things you you really like to see. My friend Kyle T Mosley been thinking about you, dude. I hope you're okay. We're gonna try and let's let's hook up soon um, to do some some Saints Falcons together when we start playing. I hope you are doing well. He says, Scott, what's your take on Robinson? Uh, my take on Robinson is he's come into the league. Super hyped for an Atlanta Falcon because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's not like he went to, you know, New York or Dallas or someplace, you know, a big market, but he's come in with a lot of hype. And I think it's warranted. Um, he's got the hands. He's got the balance. He's got the vision. He's got moves. He can bury his head in your chest and run you over. He can drop step and make you miss. He can catch in the open field. And when he does that, you're. 200 pound defensive backs are in deep doo-doo um, because even if they're able to lay a glove on him, he's stronger than them. It's, he is a weapon and a half of a, a playmaker. You know, don't call him a running back. It should become like a, a, a rap song or something. You know, don't, don't call me a running back. Yeah. The dude's just a playmaker. Um, Tyler Algier is really good. So he's not going away and he will help keep Bijan fresh. 
if it was just Bijan on this team, he'd lead. I, I believe he would lead the NFL in in yards for scrimmage, but he won't have to on this team. Yeah, uh, he's. I mean, he's the engine, right? He's going to be the engine for this team for the next four years. Uh, we don't have to worry about that second contract just yet. But he looks like somebody as long as he can stay healthy is going to put your team in a really excellent spot. So uh, excited to see him out there in that matchup, and uh, should be. A lot of fun uh, to see in Bijan, uh, Bijan as long as he can stay healthy out there, especially with you know Arthur Smith dialing up the running scheme and, uh, of course, the offensive line that they have in front of them as well. Um, Jeremiah says offense has a potential to be scary. It, it uh, This should be a, a good offense. It was a top 15 offense last year, uh, scoring offense. I I still say that. And I'm like, really? It was? I'm like, yeah, yeah it, it really was. It was a field goal away from being top 10. It will be better this year. Frankly, all three quarterbacks that were out there throwing the ball were better passers than Marcus Mariota. Now, Marcus Mariota, uh, I think I had this discussion with Ryan online. Uh, Ryan says, Mayfield got rocked at left tackle. I don't want to see that experiment anymore. It'd be an emergency, break glass in case of, and I still think come September 1st, once guys clear waivers or you put in claims, there's going to be some, some more movement on the offensive line for this team to try and, and make sure that you've got your swing tackle after you lost Greenage to the IR. Um, but um, where was I going with this? It was offense, defense. Oh, that Marietta wasn't as bad mm-hmm. as he just finished so badly that that's how we remember. He had some decent games last year. Overall, he was okay. He wasn't like the worst quarterback to ever suit him up. I mean, he had three straight games, I think, where his rating was over 100. Uh, but it just, he finished poorly. And then the way he left the team was such a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And then it, it hasn't gotten any better for him. That's for sure. But yeah, my he, point was, is all three quarterbacks that I think the Falcons have out there are better throwers. And I don't think that's a big, you know, Heineke threw some nice balls. Woodside threw some nice balls. Nice two minute drill to finish the game from Logan Woodside. Uh, and, and, and Desmond Ritter threw the ball better. I don't know if I'd be as bold to say Woodside is a better thrower, uh, you know, with Pride of Toledo or something coming out there. But uh, the Mariota, okay. I, I would. I don't think that's a stretch. He's okay. he's more accurate. Whether he, if I have a seam route that I need twenty yards on, and I've got a five step drop in a clean pocket, I would rather have Logan Woodside than Marcus Mariota, and it's not close. Interesting. Well, uh, he looked pretty good there. I thought that one, uh, the go ball. At the very end, uh, to the outside, a pretty good placement. If you had, you know, it was, if it was Kyle Pitts or Drake London there, I think he gave that player a good chance to do it. Maybe a little bit more heat on that ball. You know, sometimes guys with, you know, those different arms, the, looks like they're throwing a heavier football uh, just because of the velocity that they were able to get on it and the momentum behind it. Uh, but overall, I thought he looked pretty good as well. And, uh, again, uh, Ritter, fine as well. I thought Heineke and Ritter, there was a few decisions here and there that were, uh, questionable, I think, uh, especially that red zone uh, one from Ritter. Are, are we concerned at all about uh, Heineke taking? I think it was four sacks uh, in the in the game. Is that one that uh, concerns you with the? Not really. I okay. mean, you're it, it concerns you with the depth of the offensive line, but he's not playing. You know, really back there with the ones. Hmm. Um, you know, the, there's there's concern on depth with the the offensive line. Does it concern me that Heineke was taking the sacks? Does the the do the the second team offensive tackles concern me? Yes, they do. Hmm. Do I think they have depth on the interior line? Yes, I do. Um, but uh, McGarry staying at a high level and Jake Matthews staying healthy 
are maybe the two most important players on this team uh, as far as players you can ill afford to lose out there. Um, Ryan Ryan Adonis has another good point. Um, He says, you can go ahead and cut Kadero Hodge too. If he doesn't give up his block, Robinson takes it to the house on his first ever carry. There's some competition for there. We went into this saying Kadero Hodge looks pretty safe, but Kadero Hodge has, you know what his dead cap number is, Nick? One million. Zero. 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 Kadero Hodge's dead cap number is zero. And right now, looking at this team, Xavier Malone's had a better camp. Scotty Miller was signed. Mac Hollins, JJ Arcega Whiteside. There's some, there's some dudes. Sexton. I mean, Cordero Hodge right now looks to me like the ninth or tenth wide receiver out there, Nick. And has he done enough on this team to cement his spot where he doesn't have to be, you know, earning his spot in the preseason? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. It is interesting to see him only get eight total snaps, right? I don't know if that means that they yeah, that like protecting him, him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, or that they feel okay about him. I don't know. Eight's not really enough to really get a great sample size. Uh, I'd have to go back and uh, to speak on the missed block or unsustained block uh, for the Bijan Robinson one. I mean, the difference between you know a lot of teams, you know, of a six-yard run and a forty-yard run is the wide receiver is able to sustain blocks and not always easy uh, for those guys out there, but. Uh, yeah, a lot of those guys have looked pretty good. The depth guys that you've mentioned. So if he's, if you can save some money and you find somebody that's, you know, just as good on the pecking order, then typically you go with the younger, cheaper option. Colby Cole Robinson. He says, would you guys start Robinson in fantasy football? Uh, Mr. Robertson in a dynasty league, I might consider if I was starting a dynasty league, a keeper league where you got to keep these guys for their career and their team. I might consider Bijan Robinson, the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I might. And I think, Nick, you were on that bandwagon early on in the year. Um, no. You know, I was a little surprised. I think he was two or three. I was like, wow, that's really high. And you're like, yeah, that's where he should be. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yes, I would start. Bajon Robinson's not going to last. In If you are in a dynasty league, he's going to be, you know, the the first guy taken because he, he will be the best available player uh, come that, that that is coming out if you're in a keeper league. If you're in a new league, I don't think he'd be, you know, a regular league where you're starting. He wouldn't be my number one overall pick just because he's got to split carries and stuff. But he, yeah, I, don't, I think you're going to have trouble getting him out of the top five. I really do. Yeah, looking at it right now, his uh, his ADP average draft position according to Fantasy Pros is ninth overall. Uh, so I would be fine taking him in the top five. Atlanta's going to ride the hell out of him. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're going to use him in the pass game. They got a good offensive line. I mean, it's just all there. He's a rookie running back. Typically, hate to say it, I don't want to dehumanize these guys. I know it's been a running back uh, conversation this offseason with the, the whole Eckler and Barkley stuff going on and Josh uh, Jacobs as well. But running backs in the league are kind of viewed like cars. Uh, as soon as you drive them out of the lot, their value depreciates rapidly. Uh, so Bijan, rookie season. I mean, ride him. Uh, you're going to use him a lot and uh, lean into the rookie season. It's possible. You never want to hope for this, but it's possible that, that this upcoming season is the best year uh, he ever has as an entire career, uh, just because he already had so many carries at Texas and whatnot. So uh, hopefully not again. Uh, hopefully it's an ascending player, you know, year three, four, five, six, he's better. But that was a kind of conversation we had as well, right, Scott, with the draft pick uh, with B, uh, Bijan at eight. Yeah, we, we've hit that one a long time about the long-term yeah. value. He he absolutely is a win now draft pick. Yes. 
Exactly. He, he absolutely is. You don't take a running back for the future. No. That's a, that's a, we need this guy the next three, four years. That's, yep. and you, you better get the most out of him. Bobby Carter, one of the more impressive players of the preseason, DeMarco mm-hmm. Hellams, yep. uh, looking good through the first two weeks. Safety had another interception, supports the run well, is looking really good. Uh, Brandon says he's looking to make the team for sure. He'll make it. You don't you rarely cut first-year draft picks, rarely. But even if he was an undrafted free agent coming in, he's making this team. Um, you know, Forget the fact that he's kind of got a, a safety status, no pun intended, um, a protected status coming in as a, as a first-year draft pick. He's been really, really good. Um Good enough that I'm watching it. When I think of the defense, I feel like there's still a couple of spots that are not set in stone, Nick. And mm-hmm. one of those spots that we talked about was Richie Grant's safety spot. Mm-hmm. You know, has he done enough to say, I'm writing his name in Sharpie as the starter for 17 weeks? And my answer to that is no, he hasn't. Yeah, and, no. and DeMarco could come in and take that spot. Yeah, Richie Grant, one of the big concerns with him, and he did clean it up a bit last season, uh, but one of the big concerns with him was his ability to tackle in space. And Helms has come out there and you know made big some pretty damn good tackles uh, on the limited sample size, plays on the ball as well. So I hope Grant feels a little bit of pressure. Obviously, Jesse Bates is safe. Yep. Uh, but that other spot, uh, curious to see how it plays out. And I'm also curious to see if all three of these safeties are playing so well, if we start to see some dimebacker looks uh, out there as well, trying to get three different safeties on the field, but uh, yeah, he's looked really good. You should feel pretty darn good about those top three safeties on your roster and uh, a position that you can uh, do okay through a wave of injuries. Not a, not a wave, but you, you can keep your head above water if you do suffer an injury there for a little bit. Uh, Raymond says, good morning, guys. I believe there's a plan to solidify our depth in places needed. And there, there have been. There's been a lot of money spent. It's hard to fix everything, you know, yeah. in, in, in one offseason. Um the draft went offense, offense. Um, the draft has really gone towards the offense, and then the money has gone towards the defense and free agency, which was nice to be able to do that this year. One player I want to call out before we get to the ESPN preseason rankings, because then we're going to have to go. It's going fast today. We'll we'll spend much more time on Wednesday getting into all this. Um, LaCale London, a defensive lineman from the St. Louis Battlehawks. He was a former Chicago Bear. Um, this year he had 33 tackles and three sacks, five tackles for loss for the Battlehawks. He was everywhere in the second half of the Atlanta Falcons. We want to talk about defensive line depth. Find a place for this guy. I've got a soft spot in my heart for underdog defensive linemen, period. Uh, whether it was Abdullah Anderson you know, Grady Jarrett coming through. Uh, Abdullah was my guy the last few years. Um, last year, for sure. This year, I'm on, I'm on the LaCale London bandwagon. He made a play where he, he took on the guard, knife through, had a tackle for, lo- for loss. On the very next play, they line up with four down linemen, Nick, and London drops back into his zone coverage. He's 280 pounds, and he got in on the tackle on a pass play. Find a spot for this guy. And if if I'll tell anybody, if there's any fans from any other teams that ever listen to this thing, make sure your team knows about this guy. Because if they cut him and try and sneak him onto the practice squad, snap him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting player uh, from Western Illinois and uh, had four or three pressures in just the 13 pass rush 
uh, reps. So that's a pretty good rate overall, considering two tackles as well. Did have a missed tackle, uh, according to PFF, but interesting to follow. Also did want to give a guy that we said now has a pathway to maybe put up or shut up the season. And uh, D'Angelo Malone, uh, third round pick, Western Kentucky had four uh, pressures in the game as well. And pressures, uh, sacks, uh, you're playing for sacks at the end of the day, right? But pressures are much more sustainable and predictable sacks can be pretty darn volatile so four pressures from Malone worth keeping an eye on I thought Malone was okay um I'm a little disappointed with those those third round picks um Malone has been okay and Harrison looks like he'd be better off putting on 20 pounds and sliding inside Hmm. Zach Harrison right now I I just don't think he's not an edge in and he's borderline defensive end for me right now I, I think he would, he, he goes about 275, 280. I, I think he'd be better off getting up into that 290, 295 range. If his frame, you know, I don't know what his bone structure is like, but he's certainly tall enough for goodness sakes. It's already big enough that he might, his future might be inside, Nick. I just don't see the agility out there on the outside in space against good offensive tackles. Yeah, maybe a little bit of a Zach Allen path uh, who came in from Boston College as maybe. an edge, and now he's you know 290, 295, playing a lot of four uh, and three technique. Yeah, a, a three four defensive end, even yes. not even necessarily yeah. four three, but a, a three four defensive end where he's still inside. I still consider a three four yeah. defensive end an interior defensive lineman because he's strong at the point of attack. They're not moving him out of there. He's just not. He's not a freaky pogo stick athlete that that you're gonna need at that size in order to be effective on on a speed rush type of he's not beating anybody with agility on the outside right now so but he's certainly strong and big enough yeah a little Little stiff i think a little bit yeah oh real quick before we get out of here since this is how we we said we were going to talk was the espn uh preseason rankings um power rankings they have the falcons in 28th spot that's actually down two spots from the post-draft rankings. And I just really don't know how you could look at this team, look at them and say, oh yeah, they've gotten worse. I, I, I really don't understand. And I swear to God, all they're really doing is they're taking the draft order and writing it up from there. And they they just don't have the manpower or whatnot to, to really watch. There's no way. You can watch this Falcons team and say they've gotten worse. It's you can't do it, Nick. It's just generating engagement, Scott. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's frustrating for sure, but uh, this is not a team that uh, trust what you know what trust what Vegas is saying. Where does Vegas have the Falcons at? Uh, obviously, they're not always great, but Vegas doesn't wasn't built on bad bets. So eight and a half wins. Yeah, eight and a half wins, nine so wins. That should be That's about fifteenth or sixteenth. Yeah, exactly. I would not. Uh, I would not pay too much attention to what yeah, ESPN has knock to them say down two time. spots. And then yeah. here's what they said. The, the, the theme of this article this week was the hot seat. Who's on the hot seat. And they put Desmond Ritter on there, which I'll agree with because Desmond Ritter's got this year, maybe not even a whole year to prove that he can be the, the long-term guy. Yeah. If they finish with the fifth worst record in football, he's not going to be the quarterback next year. Yeah. And they will be there with a top five pick and they will package something together and move up into the top two and try and get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That would be, they wouldn't be the only ones. It would be expensive. It would cost you Trey Lance, three first round draft picks type of, of uh, draft picks and try and trying to move up. If they're literally 28th, you know, who's on the hot seat, Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Yeah. 
if they finish with the 28th record, it's not just Desmond Ritter that won't be. He'll he'll probably be the backup. He's not leaving the team. But if Arthur Smith, if this team is five and twelve, mm-hmm. Arthur Smith is in big trouble. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I literally, with this record, with this team, with this defense, with the offensive weapons, if they finish, we'll have to come up with something. You guys can name your price. If they finish with a top five pick. I will be absolutely shocked. Yeah. And I mean, just going through the schedule too. I mean, it's not, it's hard to go too far on that because we haven't seen what a lot of these teams are going to be yet, but you can have at least a little bit of an idea on some of those teams. It is not a very good, tough schedule. The NFC South is not uh, overwhelmingly a powerhouse. The NFC is not very much a powerhouse right now. And they're matched up with the AFC South, which is probably the, weakest of all the AFC uh, divisions as well. So again, plays into the schedule. Probably again about it. You want to go against the AFC West and the Chiefs? You want to go against the North and all of the teams? You want to go against the AFC East with the Bills, Dolphins, Jets, and... Patriots. Patriots? Or do you want to go against the Texans, the Colts, the Titans? Titans, Jags. And Jags. Yeah. Come on, man. So on that note... Uh, we're going to get out of here. We're, we'll, we will be back on Wednesday. We'll get more into this. Appreciate everybody joining. We'll get more into all of this. So hit the comment section. Y'all have been great about that. You know I'm going to respond back to you um, or ban you if you're just a jerk. Um, but we'll be back on Wednesday morning. We're going to hop over to Mile Huddle and talk Broncos for breakfast here for the next um, next hour or so. But we'll be back Wednesday at 9 a.m. And if you haven't noticed, make sure you're following us, uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy, or follow us on, on uh, Twitter at Scott Kennedy, at Nick Kendall MHH, because we've started a Friday NFL show. I didn't stream it to my Falcons channel because it wasn't just Falcons, and I didn't want to get the, hey, why is this on here? So make sure you're following one of those two places if you want to watch us on Fridays as well. We will be there. On that note, we're at 30 minutes. We're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you all on Wednesday to talk more Falcons because this is going to be an exciting team, and we will start hitting on some of the big roster moves that are going to need to be made over the course of the next week to get this team from 90 down to 53. So on that note, thanks for being here. We'll see you all later. Peace.